Uh, does someone else want to be one of the characters? It's only one person. No, you be Zaref, I'll be the narrator. I wanted the ideal animal to hunt. Explained the general. So I said, what are the attributes of an ideal quarry? And the answer was, of course, it must have courage, cunning, and above all, it must be able to reason. Welcome to Fire the Canon, the podcast where we read the books in the Western canon and decide if they belong or not. This week, we're reading a short story from the Western canon, um, which all of us have probably read in middle school or high school, or if you're our special guest, you've read it three times and been to a play, and today you read it a fourth time. Um, I'm your host, Jackie. I'm your other host, Rachel. I'm the producer, Theo. And I'm Becca. I'm Rachel's sister, and I'm the guest. Wow. Yay! We did it! <laughs> Do you want to say something like long-time listener, first-time guest, and then maybe list a lot of things you like about the podcast? Yeah, I do want her to. On the spot? Okay, sure. <laughs> Everything on the podcast is on the spot, Becca. But I will say, though, the podcast hasn't been around that long enough for me to be a long-time listener. Relatively long-time listener. Somewhat long-time listener, first-time guest. And I well, do you're like a one hundred percent of the time listener, right? Mostly, she's not caught up. Mm. Well, oh. the problem is okay, and this is what I do like about the podcast. Actually, is because <laughs> I'm not going to read all the books that you guys read, and so I think you do a good job about telling the audience what's going on. Because I'm not going to just go and read Catcher in the Rye. Yeah, no way. And now you don't have to. Yeah. <laughs> so now we can extract that clip and put it on all of our promotional stuff. Oh, gosh. <laughs> and now you can put down the script we gave you and go back to just ad-libbing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's a hostage. Tell us something else. Okay. What do you think about our banter? Well, the banter's good. <laughs> Why don't you compliment each of us? Um, oh, gosh. The banter's good. I think the banter's important because when I watch a show, I don't like shows where everyone's having a bad time and mean to each other. And I know a lot of people mm. like like Shameless. Like, I can't watch Shameless. It's too miserable. They're mean. I'm more Parks and Rec versus The Office. Because Parks and Rec, everyone, I feel like, is a little bit nicer and actually likes each other versus Office, everyone hates each other. So I like that you guys all seem to like each other. Because oh. I don't, I don't want to listen to people who hate each other, you know? We do seem to like each other. <laughs> the magic of editing. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> We're basically all of us are just Jim and Pam constantly high fiving across the room. Yeah. Can't high five in real life, but sometimes also we bring in a little bit of Dwight energy as well. Got to play some pranks on each other. Oh, gosh. Yeah. <sighs> all right. That's what I do when I want to make things awkward. I go, all right. <laughs> and then I, I wait for somebody else to start a new topic. <laughs> okay. Well, are we going to start talking? You want to tell us a little bit about yourself or no? Oh, yeah. Well, should I tell them about my experience with this story? Well, first tell us about yourself. Okay. In the sister hierarchy, which one are you? And we can post your resume on the Facebook group, too, yeah. so people can get some more insights. <laughs> okay, yeah, because everyone's, I'm sure they're going to be so interested in my... Credentials. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> also, because I'll tell you, I'm going to ask you some teeth questions, so we need to get a background on why I'm asking you teeth questions. Yeah. Okay, okay, that's fair. Okay, so as my dad <laughs> likes to call me, I'm number three out of four. Mm -hmm. I'm the number three daughter. Does he know your name? Who knows? <laughs> he probably didn't pick it out. I'm sure my mom did. 
Yeah. He wow. just showed up at the birth and was like, what's this, number three? All right, I'm done. <laughs> he did always watch the births because he had a professional curiosity. Yeah, he liked to watch the births. He's an orthodontist. Why is he professionally interested? <laughs> He'll do surgery on the other end of the person, so I don't know. <laughs> what? <laughs> he likes the surgery. Uh, he just was interested. My mom told him he wasn't allowed to watch anymore. We were all C-section babies. Eventually, she said he wasn't allowed to watch anymore because he wasn't, like, paying attention to her at all. He was just fascinated by what was going on. Wow, that's interesting. <laughs> and that was after Lydia, right? So now we don't have any more to watch. When did she make him stop? After Emily, maybe? I think the reason, one of the reasons she made him stop is because he was being, because he had a broken leg one time, and so he kept being like, can you change this channel to such and such? Can you go get me a blanket? Uh, and she's like, Henry, it's you don't get to go get a blanket. You know, this is my nurse for my birth, you know, for being high maintenance. Get your own nurse. Yeah. She says, you keep that up, I'll break your other leg. Yeah, that's what she said. Well, there was a joke to be made there about, well, you know, vaginas can grow teeth sometimes. So, but you were all C-section babies, so that wasn't really a relevant joke anymore. Oh, nope. That could have been the, where the professional interest came in. Oh. I don't know. I have to say, because I'm going to become a dentist, and I don't, I'm not interested in any vaginas that have teeth. I don't want to see that. Okay, sorry. <laughs> only teeth of the mouth for Becca. <laughs> yeah. I, I only like the teeth if they're in the, the proper place. No offense. The proper place. A little bit judgy of you. Teeth that go by mouth versus teeth that go by vagina. Don't look up vagina dent- dentata. And also, listeners, don't don't make a Hakuna Matata song out of that. Don't do it. Somebody has before. Don't worry. What? Sing it? Yeah. You can't. Don't <laughs> sing that to the tune of Hakuna Matata. Don't do it. Don't do it in your mind. Well, I'm having a hard time picturing it. Vagina dentata. Oh, okay. well, you just what did a wonderful it phrase. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> it means no worries. I don't know. I feel like you'd have a lot of worries. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's like, do you go to the gynecologist? Do you go to the dentist? What do you do? Both. <laughs> Combination. Yeah. The gynecologist. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I thought your dad had a professional interest in childbirth. Well, nope. It's because of C-sections. Okay. You want to say anything about yourself? <laughs> Any likes, dislikes? You want to give Darius a shout out? What's the deal? I mean, I don't I don't think he wants a shout out, so I don't think I'll give him one. What? Are you serious? Sorry, dude. Okay, well, shout out to Darius. He's at a, a text him a and tournament him. right now coaching some little children. So now that we've given Darius a shout out as though he was a patron, we kind of tricked him and now he kind of has to give us money. Sorry. Okay, I'll tell him. And then you want to tell us about your experience with the story, which did Jackie, did you say the writer's name? I did not. Let's just say the name of the story and the name of the writer. Okay. (laughs) Oh, me? Yeah. Or Becca. I don't care. Becca's going to tell us that this week we're talking about The Most Dangerous Game by Richard Connell. Okay, yeah, I'll tell you guys that. Okay, <laughs> listeners, this week we're talking about a short story called The Most Dangerous Game, written by Richard Connell. And I've actually read this story four times because we had to read it in seventh grade, and then we had to read it in eighth grade, and then we went to the play in eighth grade, and then I read it, I think, in eleventh grade. And then I read it just yesterday for this podcast. What grade are you in now? <laughs> oh, I don't know. This would probably be like 19th, 20th grade. Yeah, maybe 20th grade yeah. or something crazy. Okay. <laughs> now, this story actually strikes me as a uniquely bad source for a play. <laughs> what about you guys? Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of swimming in the night and you can't see anything. There are multiple like underground traps, <laughs> like dogs. <laughs> Most of what happens you don't see. You just hear. It'd be a great audio play. Yeah, that's true. It was actually 
the play was good, in case you guys were worried. How? How long was the play? <laughs> was it like 10 minutes long? No, okay, so this is what happened. And we went to Raleigh, because I went to a small private Christian school up to 8th grade. And if you're thinking you know what it was probably like, you're probably right. It's exactly what you think it was, a small private Christian school. But we read a lot of Ed- Edgar Allan Poe. We went to a play in Raleigh, and it was all, the play was just a bunch of different short stories. Like, so a bunch of mini plays, I guess. So one of them was the most dangerous game. One was the fall of the House of Usher. The Pit and the Pendulum. (laughs) That would be a funny play. (laughs) The Pit and the Pendulum would not be a good play either, yeah. It would be really funny, though. (laughs) It would be. (laughs) You see someone up at the top just, like, swinging the pendulum back. The fall of the House of Usher was great. Maybe at the end, after we've talked about the story, we'll have her explain how it was a play. Okay. How I will. (laughs) Do you want to talk about the backstory of this uh, or just jump into it? It was written in 1924. It just entered the public domain in 2020. So if you guys want to write any fanfic where your hosts get caught on Ship Trap Island, you can publish it and get paid for it, no problem. How did it enter in 2020? Because he didn't die till 1949. It's by the publishing it's year. Like, it's not by death date. It is a certain number of years after various events happen. <laughs> Disney keeps changing it so they can hold on to Mickey Mouse. Oh. He should have been in the public domain in like the 70s or something. Oh, yeah. yeah. They don't want to oh, give man. up Mickey. Yeah. So they have actually, Disney has done horrible, horrible things to copyright law wow. in the U.S. because of Mickey Mouse. I didn't know Mickey Mouse was in the story. I completely forgot that part. Well, <laughs> he would have been. <laughs> he would have been. That would be good fanfic, right? <laughs> that would be good fanfic. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. <laughs> I guess that's her Mickey Mouse voice. Jackie (laughs) likes to do different voices on the podcast (laughs) to varying degrees of success. But I'm not really good at any of them. That wasn't a very fleshed out scene, I guess. (laughs) Just, oh no. I guess there are plenty of opportunities to say, oh no, in this. Oh no, my Burmese tiger pit failed. (laughs) Well, Becca told us that she wants to read the story because she has a lot of hot takes on it. I can only imagine you'd have a lot of hot takes after being forced to read this so many times. I was just going to say, Becca, that with your hot takes we kind of like to go through the story chronologically so you can jump in with a hot take when applicable or you can save them for the end but i wouldn't recommend just saying them all before we talk about the story i'll save i have one i'll save to the end your hottest take maybe one might say but one might also say no (laughs) okay Let's find out which of those ones Theo is. So I don't think we need to go into the background much. I will just say one thing is it was written at a time when big game hunting and like safaris were huge for white people. Because they hadn't run out of all the animals yet? Uh, I don't know why. I didn't look too much into the history because this is supposed to just be like a fun little (laughs) quick episode. (laughs) But it was kind of cashing in on a trend at the time. So that's all the background you get to have, audience. So should we talk about the plot? Yes. The main character is named Rainsford is his last name. What's his first name? Sanger. Sanger Rainsford. And he's a big game hunter. And he's talking to this guy named Whitney on a ship. He really wants everyone to know he's from New York City. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. He says it over and over again. (laughs) Should not be so proud of that. It's like old Holden Caulfield. And also he apparently fought in World War I. He was stationed in France. Mm -hmm. We find that out piece by piece piece as the story goes on right basically he's just a he's a man he's a dude he's been hunting some places he wrote a book about hunting hunting snow Snow leopards in tibet Tibet. (laughs) Tibet, yeah (laughs) i didn't care at all about whether he succeeded or failed 
honestly. At hunting them? No, and through this whole process. That's a hot take you have to give us later. Oh, really? <laughs> a hot take. <laughs> well, I, I think it goes along with you guys just saying, like, he's just a guy. There's nothing to it. <laughs> Thea's not attached to him at all. Something I think is so funny is that the story opens with him talking to a guy named Whitney, who we... My favorite character. He's gone after the opening scene. I pictured this as Whitney Houston because there was no reason not to. Like, Whitney doesn't have any other name. So I'm just picturing that being like... Hot take. <laughs> singing all the lines off there to the right somewhere they're on their way to brazil to hunt together so presumably they're decently good friends and whitney's saying like oh uh off in the darkness there there's a place called ship trap island and people are superstitious mm-hmm. and um it's the middle of the night and rainsford is like straining to see it and he goes i can't see it <laughs> okay buddy <laughs> they talk a lot about the how black and moonless the night is it's like a thick wet velvet blanket pressing itself in on you there's actually a lot of good descriptions in the opening like while he's still on the boat i think something funny though also is that the opening of the story is rainsford talking to whitney about hunting and rainsford like his comeuppance he gets it immediately because Whitney is saying like, oh, you know, hunting's not so great for the animals. And Rainsford keeps saying, who cares? Who cares what the hunted feels like? They don't have any feelings. Yeah. <laughs> no problem. It's a little heavy handed, right? A little heavy handed. <laughs> so he says it's the best sport in the world, hunting. And Whitney says, well, maybe for you, but not for the jaguar. And so they talk about that a little bit like, ah, stop being such a philosopher, Whitney. You're a big game hunter, not a philosopher. Yeah. He says there's two kinds of people or two kinds of, you know, categories in the world. It's the hunter and the hunted. Luckily, you and I are hunters. <laughs> Good thing. He says this and then Whitney's like, all right, well, I'm going to bed. Good night. And then uh, he, he Rainsford hears some like pistol shots off in the distance, like off the boat. And he, so he leans out. He does something so dumb. So dumb. <laughs> he stands like this up on the was railing. was like a slapstick thing. Yeah, tell us, Becca. <laughs> okay. Explain the scene. So, well, and I will say that Rainsford is being a big butthead about the Jaguars. <laughs> it's like, you know, have some sympathy for the Jaguars. Be only a small butthead. But I don't think that makes him completely unlikable because i feel like he pays for it and he learns his lesson and also i think he's really dumb so i kind of cut him some slack i don't think he's smart and you'll find out because the way he falls off the ship whoa he gets up on the oh yeah spoilers well that's what we asked her to tell us about (laughs) he hears some gunshots and then he climbs up on the railing and then he straight stands on the top top of the railing and leaning out trying to with his pipe in his mouth yeah with his pipe and he's trying to hear where the gunshots come from but normally you hear gunshots it's obviously coming from ship trap island like what and then he falls doesn't it he drops his pipe no because his pipe gets hit on a rope and so he like leans out with his pipe in his mouth gets his head knocked by this pipe hitting a rope and then goes whoop, 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 and then he tries to catch the pipe and then he <laughs> yeah. falls off the boat. I, this is such a Muppet thing. He's such a Muppet. He shouldn't have got on the railing. I'm sure he had another pipe. Like, why would you do that? He basically dove into the ocean to try to catch his pipe. The middle of the night in the middle of the Caribbean. <laughs> but he shouldn't have got on the railing in the first place. Don't climb onto the railing. He already knows he can't see. Yeah. Can he just lean over? Why did he need to stand on well, maybe it? Maybe I can see through this moist black velvet if i just like get up a little higher so yeah so he gets knocked off the ship in a very comical way becca also we always change our zoom names to something from the book so i'm gonna change mine right now oh shoot if theo allows it okay guys i'm ivan hi i'm a grizzly joke nice theo uh i didn't know i had to do this so i can't remember 
what the what his name is. There's only a couple characters. You could be a simple fellow. No, but there is one that I wanted to be, and I remember I liked the name. Was it Whitney, your favorite character? No, I'm not going to be Whitney. Is it Lazarus, the dead dog? Oh, yeah. I think that oh. was what it was. Yeah. It is? Nah, maybe I'll just be this. The ooze. <laughs> Ew. What <the> ooze? ooze? <laughs> I don't know. It's just <laughs> some words I saw that I like. <laughs> I think it's when he's in the swamp. Okay. <laughs> I'm your producer slash ooze, Theo. <laughs> You're, I'm your producer, Theo's. Ooh. That's what you should have said. Eh. <sighs> and I'm hungry. She's just hungry. Because when he goes to the guy's door, he says, I'm Sanger Rainsford of New York. I fell off a yacht. I'm hungry. Yeah. That's <laughs> and then he, he says, says, hi, hungry. I'm Ivan. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he missed out. Okay. So let's go back. Um, so he's just fallen off the ship because he did something stupid. And then there's several paragraphs of him trying to swim and like being very logical about his swimming and trying to conserve his energy and stuff. So he's like, well, I shouldn't waste all my energy frantically swimming after the yacht. So he just kind of like slowly backstrokes around. When Before he falls off the boat, he thinks to himself that the sensuous drowsiness of the night was on him and that he could sleep without closing his eyes because the night would be his eyelids. I like that part. And then there are some descriptions at the beginning, and then it, it gets pretty kind of pedestrian after he makes it to shore. Yeah. So do you think the night being the islands is uh, good, or do you think that's funny? I think it's good. I think it's a funny thing to think, but also a good description. Mm-hmm. The other funny thing is while he's in the water, he immediately takes off all his clothes. Yeah, I know that. Yeah, he does. He falls in the water and he takes He, he immediately starts stripping and yelling. <laughs> this reminded me of the Odyssey a lot because he's in the water and he's just kind of like wrestling against the, the powers of the sea and he's like, time to get naked. <laughs> yep. He does say that to That's himself. part of his, like, very logical thought, right? He's got reason. He's got logic. I would have been fine with my clothes on, though. TBH. He hears another shot while he's in the water, and he's able to use that to aim himself more accurately. So he makes it to the island and manages to drag himself up on the rocks and falls asleep, just like Odysseus did. He's totally nude. But also, as he's swimming, he hears a terrible noise. Yeah. Like a the, an animal scream, and he's like, oh, I don't know what animal that is, but that's good, because I can keep swimming towards it. Yeah, he's such an idiot. Everything, <laughs> yeah. he's always like, this is good. This is a good sign. Ooh, the pistol shots. Let's go towards those. Gunshots? Perfect. And so. It says when he wakes up from his sleep, he um, looks about him almost cheerfully and he thinks where there are pistol shots, there are men. Where there's men, there's food. And so he goes trudging along looking for all the yummy foods. He really walks (laughs) around with all the fearlessness and confidence that only a a rich white guy could have. Yeah. In the 20s. (laughs) Well, in the 20s, it's like the world was his oyster. He was just sailing around to everywhere and he's like, Killing whatever. Everyone has to be nice to me. Yeah. Oh, there's gunshots. Those guys have guns, but they'll give me some food. Yeah. No one's gonna shoot me. It's like I'd be worried about getting shot. Of course he wasn't. (laughs) Doesn't do any recon. The other thing is, I thought I got this story confused slightly with the island of Doctor Moreau, Mm -hmm. which is about another island with a madman on it, but he creates human animal hybrids. And for some reason, I kept being like, oh, well, didn't Dr. Zara or General Zaroff, didn't he create hybrids that he tried killing? And he was like, eh, not that interested. And then he's like, let me kill a real man. So I kept waiting for these human animal hybrids to show up. And I kept being like, oh, I wonder what 
Ivan is a hybrid of. Wow, that was a lot of spoilers all at one time. (laughs) We might have to put that somewhere Just move it later (laughs) on. Because there were no human-animal hybrids, that's the spoiler? Yeah. (laughs) Here's another spoiler. Nobody flies. There's no stock market crash. The only thing is, yeah, because he would have, I mean, it's like, I would be tentative about swimming towards gunshots, but also, yeah, I mean, it's that or drown. I still would have swam to the island, but I wouldn't be cheerful when I woke up and been like, let's see where these guys with guns are. You know? Yeah, maybe there's a Wendy's over here. Time for someone to give me dinner. Yeah, I would be, (laughs) I'd sneak around, do a little bit of recon. Well, that's another reason why I would have kept my clothes. (laughs) Well, you might have drowned. If Rainsford can do it, I can do it. Yeah, yeah. I'm a great swimmer. I'm at least as good at swimming as he is. Same. He's from New York City, Jackie. The city of a million swimming pools. <laughs> well, here's my question. I've never been to the Caribbean. Is the water really blood warm? Yes. Yeah, it's pretty warm. It's pretty warm, but it depends how close you are to the shore. Or the time of year. Yeah, but in a lot of places, it's it's like very pleasant. Extremely, yeah. Bath water. That sounds great. Yeah, so he wakes up naked on the island, and he's very cheerful. He feels great after his <laughs> night's sleep. <laughs> so he sees uh, that there's been a large animal that was slain nearby, so you can see, like, all the vegetation is crushed, and there's, like, you know, blood and stuff. But he finds an empty cartridge, and he looks at it, and he's like, huh, it's a twenty-two. It's a pistol. That's weird. That's something you would shoot a person with. That, that wouldn't kill a very big animal. Eh, weird. <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> he doesn't think anything about it. He's like, all right, well, I'm going to follow where these boot prints go. Yeah. He's just saying, like, that guy must be brave to fight a big animal with a 22. So anyway, all that happens then is he follows the prince and he sees this big giant stone house and he's like a mirage, but it turns out it's real. And he goes and he knocks on the door. With a gargoyle, a leering gargoyle knocker. He goes, knock, knock, knock. And that's important for later. Yeah. No, it's not. <laughs> I just think it's hilarious that this guy built a house on a island in the middle of nowhere, and he's like, I've got to have a gargoyle. Yeah. He doesn't have visitors. Why does he have a knocker? Yeah, that's weird. He shouldn't even have a door. He shouldn't even have a door. Yeah. Yeah. Why have a house at all? <laughs> he should just walk through the walls into his home. Win- windows only. <laughs> I, you know, I think that should be a, a recurring joke. I think you should constantly pipe in and say, that'll come back later. Remember that. And then- <laughs> I feel like we do so many spoilers, I should throw in some red herrings also, right? <laughs> to cancel them out. Yeah. Yeah. That's nice. You don't know what to believe. Theo, you want to talk about who answers the door? Yes, it's Lazarus, the beloved dog Lazarus. (laughs) (laughs) No, Ivan answers the door, and he is huge, and I always picture Hagrid when I picture Ivan, because he's a giant with a long, dark beard. The largest man Rainsford had ever seen, with a long-barreled revolver pointing straight at Rainsford's heart when he opens the door. So you pictured Hagrid opening the door with a huge rifle, and it's just like, you're in trouble, Harry. (laughs) Well, Hagrid has a rifle in the first movie. Yeah, he comes, well, no, Vernon has a rifle, but then Hagrid takes it from him. So at one point, Hagrid does have a big rifle. And and then he moves to the Caribbean. (laughs) (laughs) And he works for General Zara. Changes his name. (laughs) Ivan opens the door and he says, I'm Sanger Rainsford of New York City. I'm not a robber. I fell off a yacht. Come on, man. I'm cool. I was on a yacht. It's me, Rainsford. You gotta love me. (laughs) I used to be on a yacht. Like, it's important that he was on a yacht. (laughs) At one time, I was on a yacht. Now I'm begging. (laughs) Yeah, why does he have to say yacht? Just say I fell off a boat. (laughs) I was on a yacht. Okay. 
I know. He really wanted him to know that he is one of the rich ones. Yeah, basically. But it's like, does you think this giant man cares about wealth? Well, he does live in that house. Maybe he does. The giant doesn't react at all to what he says. And he, he repeats it again. And he tells him he's hungry. Oh, I'm hungry. <laughs> I'm hungry. <laughs> the bravado of this man. Like, he's got this giant guy pointing a rifle at him, not responding to what he says. And he just goes, I'm hungry. Come on. I'm Sanger Rainsford. <laughs> Feed me. I was on a yacht. Yeah, where's the Sammies? I like Rainsford. I think he's hilarious. I think he is super dumb, and it's the confidence. The confidence of just, <laughs> you're going to go to someone's house and be like, hey, I fell off a yacht. Totally nude also. Yeah, I don't have any clothes on, but I fell off a yacht. Trust me. And then they don't respond, and you're like, I'm hungry. <laughs> uh, yacht, remember? <laughs> yeah, it's never mentioned again that he's not wearing a thing. <laughs> Why does he need to say I'm not a robber? He's just a totally nude man in the woods. It's like, yeah, I, if you were, I wouldn't be very afraid of you because you've got nothing. You've got no clothes. And you knocked on my door. <laughs> Hello, I'm a robber. I'm a naked robber. Rachel, doesn't he remind you a little bit of dad? Yeah. Careless attitude. Cheerful. Hey, you got any C-sections I can watch? Yeah. yeah. He's very cheerful. He's very careless. He's like, I'm not worried about this. Everything will work out. I'm hungry. Surely they'll give me food. That's exactly dad i'm hungry is this the time that you guys finally tell the story of the time he gave that boat to the man because oh. we we've referenced it before but we haven't told the story this was a real robber i think we yeah. need to tell it theo loves the story okay but tell us the story of the of your dad and that guy because that i think will help us understand sanger rainsford um i love the sailboat i love sailing it was a catamaran a hobie cat and uh, my dad, after he got a boat with a motor, well, after he got a boat with a motor, he kind of just like quit using the sailboat. <laughs> and our house is on the channel, my parents' house. And across from the channel, there's just this island and people can hang out on the... Ship Trap Island. Ship Trap Island. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. People can hang out on it, whatever. Sometimes there's deer, or coyotes over there. But he would just, he just kept the sailboat on the shore over there. And one day I was like on the porch and I saw this man kind of looking at it, looking at it. He like tied a rope to it and was pulling it with his boat. And I, I was yelling, dad, a man is stealing our sailboat. Dad, he's stealing the boat. And he was like, what? And he walks up and he sees the guy stealing the boat. I think Emily was there too. And we're like, take a look at this thinking he would be like, Hey man, don't steal our boat. But and he goes, yeah, somebody's got to do something about this. So he goes over he there. He yells. He says, Hey, if you want the sale, we've got that too. But I guess the guy couldn't hear him. And the guy was like, what? <laughs> and Emily and I were both like, dad, stop. What are you doing? That's our boat. <laughs> Reverse psychology. So yeah, so he kayaked <laughs> over to the man and helped the man steal the boat. And then he's like, he's going to come back later to get the sale. <laughs> the parasinalia. <laughs> Parafersalia. <laughs> yeah, that, you got it. Okay. Sailafernalia. Sailafer, yeah, who knows? <laughs> But so that's the story. <laughs> well, so the the man has a slight accent and he is singularly handsome. He does say that. He's got white hair, but black eyebrows. Vivid white hair, black eyebrows and a black mustache as well. A pointy black mustache. Kind of like like Fabrizio Disguise. Yeah. The white hair and the black eyebrows. Nobody else is going to understand that reference. Well, you got to watch Master of Disguise and you'll get it. Wait, what do you think about that movie? It's one of our family's favorite films. <laughs> Some people really hate it, but I loved it when I watched it as a kid. 
It's great. I haven't seen it in a long time. We watched it. We had it on DVD. We didn't have a ton of DVDs, but I had happened to watch it at a sleepover in middle school. And when I came back, my family was like, oh, what'd you do? And I said, oh, we watched The Master of Disguise. It was pretty funny. And I guess my mom just happened to see it. So she purchased it. And because it was one of the few DVDs we had, we just watched it all the time. Wore out the grooves. I like how this comes up over and over again. Rachel, almost like every third episode is like, we only had a couple DVDs growing up. And yeah, it's true. But we also didn't have cable. That's why they mattered so much. But Becca and I literally mentioned the like, we referenced the Master of Disguise at least once earlier today. Our family, you can't get two of us together for more than a few hours without somebody quoting the master of disguise (laughs) becca's part of the sea turtle watch so at the beach they like check up to see if any sea turtles have laid like laid eggs and then you put stakes around to protect them and you keep an eye on them so that when the eggs hatch you can kind of guide them to the water so we talked about whether or not becca was turtly enough for the turtle club i am and that was our that was our master of disguise reference for the day (laughs) that's about to be a popular reference since i'm in the turtle club now though oh yeah you mean in your life it's about to be popular (laughs) well just in my life and in this summer it's called the sea turtle patrol but really it's the turtle club it's the turtle club <laughs> oh like they wanted to call it paw patrol but they couldn't think of what the turtles had flipper 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 f- patrol yeah flipper oh. patrol no f- patrol with an f i'm a fan of sea turtle i think they're great just i joined because i i'm i'm here for them i'll we're going to have to cut that out. That's a pretty controversial opinion, I think. Oh. <laughs> Being here for sea turtles. I like sea turtles. They're very charismatic macrofauna. Sorry, Theo. Yeah. Jealous? Yeah, what about me? I guess General Zaroff is charismatic. Uh, let's get back to the story. Oh, yeah. yeah. He has white hair, black hair, black eyebrows, black beard. And when he speaks, he has red lips and pointed little teeth. So, Becca. Becca's a dental student, right? Almost. You're the only one who can comment on whether or not pointed teeth are normal. Yeah, what's the deal with that? <laughs> yeah, what's the deal with the pointed teeth? I mean, he could have filed them down to make them pointed, which I don't think that he did. I just think his canines were more sharp. That's what I think. Because I actually have pretty sharp canines. So I just always assumed he maybe he had prominent canines. Yeah. So you're saying not every tooth was sharp, yeah. just the canines. Yeah. That's what that means. <laughs> So like a vampire? <laughs> That's her guess. I think if if literally all of his teeth were pointy, it would have gotten more than half a line. Yeah. No, that's how I pictured it. I pictured like a bunch of tiny little sharp teeth like a kitten. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, yeah, I wasn't sure if it was just supposed to be another time when uh, Rainsford just like totally did not recognize a really obvious clue that something was wrong. <laughs> yeah. Like maybe this guy looks super evil for a reason. <laughs> uh, teeth. Wow, so yeah. hot. I trust Rainsford's judgment. If he says General Zaroff was a singularly handsome man, I bet he was. He was a silver fox. I bet he was. He tells him that Ivan is very strong, but deaf and dumb. And he says, like all of his race, he's a bit of a savage, which I'm like, "Uh uh-oh, racism. And then Rainsford says, is he Russian? And Zarev says, he's a Cossack. And so am I. More foreshadowing. So he's just making a little bit of a joke. Yeah. Self-deprecating joke. He is racist later, but I don't think this was racist. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, but you could use this entire story in like a, a theater class or something or a writing class just to say like, this is what foreshadowing is. This is the entire story. Every single line. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's very much like Dracula, you know? Yeah. Dracula was always dropping little hints. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he also had those canines. <laughs> he did. He definitely yeah. did. So he leads Mr. Rainsford in and he gives him like some clothes and he sits him down to dinner and they start chatting. And he's like, how about tomorrow you and I go hunting together? And he's like, sure. Do you think um, what they're eating is actually steak? Yeah, I don't think yeah. it's okay. – <laughs> I don't think it's human. But so he uh, – one thing is that all around the room there are heads of many, many animals. It says – larger or more perfect specimens Rainsford had never seen, which sounds like a freaking horrible lifestyle. He eats dinner all alone at a big table every night, just surrounded by animal heads. Like Gaston. Yeah. Well, Gaston had his crew. (laughs) It does sound quite lonely. I mean, he has this ornate door knocker in this huge table, but no one to share it with. What he needs is love. He has Ivan. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. We should do a rewrite of this where Zara finds his soulmate. (laughs) Yeah. We could do a fan fiction and actually make money because it's in the public domain <gasps> maybe we should oh, yeah. um one thing is general zaroff serves rainsford a surpassingly good cocktail and i really want to know what it is mm. tell me what that cocktail is i have a question about general a big question about his household it seems okay the only servant that we see is ivan they yeah. don't mention yeah. it at all. There must be a chef or something, right? In maids. There has to be a chef. There has to be maids. Maybe Ivan does it. Ivan can't do it all. <laughs> <laughs> Ivan can do it all. Rifle Hagrid can't do it all. <laughs> yeah, Rifle Hagrid. But just think about it. It's a huge house, mm-hmm. and he's all about being sophisticated and civilized, so he's got to keep it clean. He's got to have his fancy dinner. I don't think Ivan can cook a fancy dinner and clean the whole house, and keep track of all of General Zaroff's prisoners. And be ready to open the door immediately upon hearing a knock. So where are the <laughs> other servants? I mean, if you don't go into a room, is it going to get dirty? Maybe he just, like, hangs out in, like, two rooms. I mean, yeah, there's nobody there, so what's the big deal? Yeah, yeah maybe he only uses his bedroom and <laughs> Yeah, the... but dust accumulates even if you don't I use mean, a room. That, the thing is, Ivan would still have to cook. Yeah. And that is a lot, to have him cook fancy meals and... Keep an eye on the prisoners. Also, who's bringing in the food? Yeah. Later in the book, Ivan isn't a thing anymore, and Zaroff still has a very nice dinner, so there must be somebody else there. Oh, yeah. Maybe Zaroff makes the food. No, his only passion is hunting, Rachel. He doesn't make food. It's not a passion for him. He just does it. (laughs) My passion is dusting. (laughs) There's two kinds of people, the dusts and the dusters. (laughs) I would guess that he probably, that his other servants are probably also like deaf and mute or something. Prisoners, maybe? Yeah. Maybe he's deaf and mute because they don't want him to like hear the secrets or be able to tell anyone the secrets. There's some secrets in the house. Yeah, no, that's definitely it. No, I I assume that's how he ties Ivan to him by being like, well, where else can you go? Yeah. Couldn't he just write it down? Maybe he can't write. Oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> now Theo sees the true horror of this tale. <laughs> Illiteracy is the demon we need to crush. Uh, maybe this is a spoiler, so I shouldn't say it, but I guess I'm just saying the, say it. the route that Rainsford takes to get out of the predicament that he finds himself in. It just seems there had to be an easier way. And what I would have done is look around. Oh, there, Someone's cleaning this house. Someone's making this dinner. Maybe we could start an uprising. Mm. You know, I don't know. I would have gone and found the uniform and just like posed as a person of the house and been like, oh, I think he went that way. <laughs> I'm going to keep stirring this borscht. 
Yeah. Rainsford's a, a wealthy white man from 1920s New York City. I feel like it wouldn't occur to him to be like, let me let me find the servants and see if I can work together with them. Really? Even when he's being hunted? I mean, clearly, because it didn't occur to him. <laughs> or they don't exist. And I guess I was wondering, because, for instance, if the servants are also evil, they're evil henchmen servants or whatever, and they're okay with everything going on on the island then yeah, he can't get in with it, but I would just assume they're not, and probably they're being held against their will, in which case... Maybe the servants, maybe it's like a Beauty and the Beast situation. It's like the chairs are just like, oh, everybody sit still, there's guests here. But <laughs> Can't start cleaning yeah, now. So. Yeah. so you think the servants are personified household objects maybe it's maybe it's the like the heads on the wall they actually have bodies that are through the wall and then they like, <laughs> like the cape buffalo comes down and is like all right time to get the febreze out oh, make the borscht it's rachel's hybrids yeah, yeah. Oh. finally so while they're at dinner general zaroff says oh you know uh that was a good hot take by the way Oh, thanks <laughs> i i recognize your name because i read every book published on hunting in English, French, and Russian. My only passion in life is the hunt. And, you know, I've read your book about hunting snow leopards in Tibet. And so Rainsford kind of points out the Cape buffalo on the wall and is like, that's the biggest one I've ever seen. Yeah, he says, I think that's the most dangerous animal that you can hunt. And Zaroff is like, yeah, and he says, oh no, I can think of one more dangerous than that. Here in my preserve on this island, I hunt more dangerous game. <laughs> he spends like a long time just telling him like, it's big, it's dangerous, it's not tigers, I stock it, I, it doesn't come here naturally. Oh, yeah. I won't tell you now. And then he's like, what is it? Ooh, What's the game? Very smart. <laughs> it's thrilling. I've exhausted yeah. all other possibilities. <laughs> You'll find that I've done something rare. I've invented a new sensation. Again. Rainsford's just like, wow. Cool. Cool. More wow, tell me more. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what is it? What's the game? It doesn't even ever occur to him to be like, oh, this guy's being a little bit creepy. You know, why won't he tell me what the game is? This guy's a little freaky. Because he's been given food. That's all he. Yeah. <laughs> he's like a toddler. Feed him and he's happy. Yeah. <laughs> but so we find out that General Zaroff's background is he's from the Caucasus Mountains. That's where a Cossack comes from. And he had been at one time in the service of the Tsar, but the Tsar got overthrown. He lives for danger, he says. He lives for danger. He said he killed his first bear at the age of 10. He left the country because he couldn't be around because the Russians took over everything. Good for them. <laughs> the Russians took everything. Or, no, sorry. The yeah, they were the czar was overthrown. The peasants, yeah, yeah, yeah. the peasants. <laughs> well, they were the revolution. But he's he's still very rich because he had invested in American securities. Yeah, so he was just able to leave and be rich. He traveled the world, just killing all kinds of animals: grizzly bears, crocodiles, all kinds of things. So he says, but they were no match at all for me, and it wasn't fun anymore because I just won every time. I killed them every time. Yeah, and maybe Becca, this is one of your hot takes, but they're just like, I don't get it. Like these animals, they were no match for a hunter with a big rifle. Yeah. It was too easy. Well, don't use a use rifle. A yeah, don't use bow a rifle. And arrow. Use your hands. Use your hands. Yeah. Yeah, there are just so many other options for him to make things interesting again. You don't have to be like, oh, man, I'm easily able to kill things with a machine gun. I guess I'm just too great of a hunter to have fun anymore. Time to become a murderer. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of looking for bigger and more dangerous animals and then resorting to what he resorts to, maybe just don't, like, superpower yourself with a huge 
huge gun and then maybe that'll make it a little more spicy. Or don't use a pack of wild dogs. Yeah. Yeah, that that too. The dogs. It's like he said one almost got away, so I had to use the dogs. It's like you, it seems like you're ganging up on it. Maybe if you yeah, that's start it out a little bit more equal, you might find it's as interesting <laughs> and dangerous as you hoped it would be. No, it's basically like he's just he uses like a nuclear bomb and is like, ugh, it's just too easy. Everyone died. <laughs> yeah. The one Kate Buffalo he's talking about and Rainsford's saying, oh, I think that's the most dangerous of the game. And then General Zaroff says, oh, he charged me and I was injured and it took months to recover. I broke my leg. Yeah, he threw me against a tree. Seems like you could just keep going up against Kate Buffalo. It seems like they were a good <laughs> match for you if it took you months yeah. to recover. And he's just like, oh, but it's just, it's not interesting because I always get my game in the end. It's like, it sounds like that was a close one. I bet if you used a smaller gun that you really would have lost. You would be dead, yeah. yeah. So you're kind of saying you just think he wanted to hunt humans and he's making an excuse. Yes. A hundred percent. I think he feels good about himself being like, oh, just nothing's a match for me. I got to keep going. But I think mm. the run-in with the buffalo scared him. And he maybe was afraid yeah. to hunt mm. dangerous game. But he is like, but he doesn't want to admit that. He wants to be like, oh, I'm just too good. I got to come up with something harder. But then he stacks it really f- good for himself with the giant on his side and the pack of dogs. <laughs> pack of dogs. The other thing is when he's hunting so okay spoilers the most dangerous game is man. Whoa. When he's hunting this game. <laughs> we should have said that at the beginning it made everything way easier. <laughs> they're not dangerous to him. It's the most logical game. Or like the smartest right. He gives no indication that any of the humans he tried to hunt were ever dangerous to him whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Well I think what he likes is he likes being able to track them and he says like oh I let this one guy go and he just like ran in a straight line and it was so boring because I could just easily find him. So he doesn't, it's like when he gets the person he doesn't do anything crazy to them, he just kills them but he likes the like stalking them through the forest. Right, so it's not about danger. So you know what he should have done? Have you ever tried to find like a small cat (laughs) that's just lost in a jungle? Because I've tried to look for my cats outside sometimes. You can't find that thing unless it wants to be found. He should have the most satisfying thing for him would have been something super tiny that he could never find in a million years. Yeah. Also, what if he just played hide and seek with Ivan? Yeah. Or like blindfolded himself and was like, okay, Ivan, I'm going to count to 500. (laughs) Or in the jungle blindfolded, you know, (laughs) that would be a challenge. Ivan is deaf and mute. Like he would make a huge amount of noise. Well, I don't think so, actually, because number one, he is able to understand Zaroff. Number two, when he is in the woods with Zaroff, Rainsford doesn't say that there's like a ton of noise from Ivan being there. He didn't even know Ivan was there until he sees. Well, something interesting is that he speaks to Ivan by just moving his lips but not making any sound, Mm -hmm. which tells me that at one point Ivan was not deaf. So maybe he deafened him. Mm. Or maybe they were like comrades in war or something. Who knows? Yeah, no, he, I mean, the most dangerous game should be a hamster. He's never going to mm. find a hamster if he releases it and gives it a three-hour head start. He will never find that thing. Yeah, because to him, dangerous, it's kind of like you and charismatic. It has a different meaning. <laughs> or uh, thriving, people. what did I well, say? I think he's saying, like, I think it's like the fact that the a human could think of another way to get back at you, right? I think that's the danger. But the buffalo had him laid up for months. But no human has ever done that. Yeah, but Rainsford killed him spoilers the other thing is he could just if he actually wants the humans to be dangerous why doesn't he give them a gun give them a gun they should get the same gun yeah he gives them a knife yeah i think they both should have got a knife or both got a gun give them the same thing and see what happens 
Yeah. Yeah. So he gives him a knife and he's like, I think he should wear moccasins because that won't make as many prints. So you're basically like wearing slippers in the jungle. (laughs) With a knife. Do you think if they had laser tag in the 20s, this whole thing could have been avoided? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, it would have been avoided. Uh, Or paintball or something. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Paintball. (laughs) Nice. But I really think he just wanted to murder people. I think he was a serial killer. So I don't think it would have worked. I think he was a serial killer. I was going to say, Becca, I think that your interpretation of saying, like, you know, he just wanted to kill people and he came up with an excuse, I think is very smart, but I think it's smarter than what the author intended. Uh I think the author was thinking very literally. That's what I think. I don't know. Yeah. I think Becca's is cooler. Thanks. Well, because the whole lesson that Rainsford needs to learn is that, like, just because you're more logical than something doesn't mean you are allowed to kill it. And Zaref is like, I wanted something logical. Well, and also he wanted, he wanted, he needed to know what it felt like to be the hunted. Yeah. So that he could properly appreciate and respect what he hunts. But really, big game hunting is dumb. No one should do it. Yeah. So really, Zaref is more like a teacher. Yeah. <laughs> he takes on that role. He teaches them what it's like. Yeah. It is yes. kind of Twilight Zony, you know, with the fact that it so clearly is set up to teach him a lesson, an immediate lesson. I like people to learn lessons. You do? I like it when people learn their lessons. <laughs> you like it when they learn their lesson or when they learn lessons? Because those are two. But does he learn his lesson? Yeah, we have no indication that he does. In fact, <laughs> he seems like he doesn't. <laughs> I think he had an awful time. I think that definitely would have a lasting effect on him as a person. I think he starts enjoying it by the end. We have to talk about all this at the we'll end. Talk yeah, about you guys it keep skipping. <laughs> okay. People know this story. They we might not to. know. They might not. I think if I ask people that I know, they would say, no, they don't. They need to learn their lesson, and we have to walk them along. (laughs) The lesson is what happens in the most dangerous game. (laughs) They really got their comeuppance. (laughs) You'll regret saying you didn't know this story before. You'll regret, Jackie, imagining that you wouldn't know this. That's the terrible thing, though, about the big game hunting is because it's wasteful because you're not going to eat it. You're just going to kill it for decoration, just for fun, and you're not going to eat it, so you're wasting. So do we think maybe General Zaroff, it would be less terrible if he ate the people after he killed them? Would that make it a little bit more? Cannibalism is better (laughs) than not cannibalism, according to our guests. Uh, Cannibalism, is it better than killing for fun? (laughs) Well, there's another funny part in the beginning where when he's talking to Whitney and and he's like, oh, what's wrong with that island? Is it cannibals? And Whitney's like, not even cannibals would go there. Which, what? How do you know that? She doesn't know anything about cannibals. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Maybe they'd love to go there. (laughs) There's people there. He sounds like, like your big brother's older friend who's like trying to seem cool and he's like, oh yeah, I've been to that island. It's like, you don't know shit about that island whitney you you can't see it you don't know anything i like whitney i think he's a smart guy i think he just imagine being whitney waking up the next morning you're like what happened to rainsford yeah (laughs) i did think about that because he was like see you at breakfast and i'm just imagining them like you know they're getting their continental breakfast they got their little mini box of frosted flakes and they're like where's rainsford yeah last i heard he was sleeping with his eyes open (laughs) he's using the night as his eyelids as usual wouldn't it have been funny if he was so he was leaning over to get his pipe he caught his pipe managed to get it back onto the ship and then yeah so they just see his pipe there and it's like oh (laughs) and his clothes are like on the side of the he he tossed him back on the ship (laughs) he's like i'm just gonna go for a little night swim oh yeah i was wondering about whitney if they were the ones who chartered the ship wouldn't they immediately be like we might want to check out ship trap island because he's either dead or he's there they wouldn't go there like even Captain Nielsen won't go there with his fishy blue eyes. And he would ask the devil for a cigarette or whatever they said. <laughs> Do you think the devil smokes? 
Oh, yeah. Hell, yeah. He's got all that fire handy. He probably does, right? Just because you have fire doesn't mean you need a smoke, It'll just be so easy to light up. So where there's smoke, there's fire, but where there's fire, there's not necessarily smoke. Ing. Smoking. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so back to the story. (laughs) So that's General Zaroff's uh, background there, and he's like, yeah... And so he's giving all these little signs that he he's doing something kind of creepy. And he says, yeah, um, I, uh, I I got a new animal. I invented a new animal to hunt. You didn't invent shit. Yeah. yeah. He's such a narcissist. I decided to murder. <laughs> the fact that he wanted it to reason really just makes me think, like, he wanted something to be terrified for a long time while he was hunting it yeah. down. He wanted to he's have the self-awareness to be terrified. Yeah, he wants it to be scared. Yeah. Let's just say General Zaraf, he's a fucking freak. Do you guys agree? Yeah. Can we vote? Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah, let's vote. Everybody raise your hand if you think he's a fucking freak. Okay, okay. ready? Okay. If not you think freak, he's a let's f- do not freak first. Okay. Okay. Who thinks he's not a freak? Oh, Theo, I saw that no. finger. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Who thinks he is a freak? All yeah, okay. Uh oh, Jackie didn't raise her hand. Jackie. In the streets or in the sheets? Uh <laughs> Everywhere. Everywhere. In the woods. <laughs> On Manhunt Island or whatever it's called. <laughs> Ship Trap Island. <laughs> I bet he is a virgin. Hunting is his only passion. I really think he is a virgin. He's probably not a freak in the sheets. <laughs> That's my hot Whoa. take. So not a freak That's in the sheets. That's the hottest take. The is that your hottest take? What if Ivan is his lover as well? You could write well, that he's not passionate. I don't think that would be super consensual. And he's also not passionate. I got a lot of no's at once, but I couldn't really parse who was saying what. <laughs> Becca said, write fanfic about it. Jackie said uh, it wouldn't be consensual. And I said, even if he was his lover, he's not passionate about it. So there's all sorts of reasons why that's nonsense. <laughs> General Zaroff, much like Voldemort, he's a virgin. I'm sure. <laughs> I'd bet a lot of money. He has no passion except for hunting and evil. But he does have a nose. Ooh. We should do a whole bonus episode on, like, what famous literary villains we think are virgins. Yeah. Yeah. Voldemort, for one. Voldemort. Yeah. Or any characters. Any characters. <laughs> or just any characters. I have one. Holden Caulfield. Ooh. Got his ass. <laughs> yeah, he got him. So this is starts reading like a Goosebumps novel to me. So if you want to know what we're talking about, you can listen to our Patreon exclusive on, uh, on Welcome to Dead House, the Goosebumps book. But right, Thea, like, I feel like the writing starts becoming very... It's just bad. Just very silly, yeah. So he says, but no animal can reason, my dear fellow, there is one that can. But you can't mean, and why not? Yeah, I mean, anyone who reads this now knows that it's about hunting people, right? Sure. You can't really start reading it without Well, when I first read, I didn't know, when I was in seventh grade. Okay, so when did you figure it out? Um, During this conversation or before? Yeah, during this conversation. I knew something was going on, but at first when he's, and I will say I read a lot of science fiction and I was a little... 14 or 13 year old and so i was like when he's like i invented a new animal i thought he was a mad scientist who invented oh, that's yeah. what i was like oh here comes the chimeras i was like time for some <laughs> science fiction and then it was just humans and i'm like you didn't invent humans i'm in christian <laughs> yeah. school right now i know god invented humans <laughs> i came up with a brilliant plan murder (laughs) do you think he was just like embarrassed after like i always picked the wrong verb i did not invent yeah Yeah. (laughs) he is an esl speaker so so when when he says my dear fellow there is one animal that can reason do you think a lot of people back then would have been like okay like a like a chimpanzee yeah a monkey maybe like a turtle a dolphin a turtle am i hunting dolphins i don't know people no but back then though like the idea that other animals have self-awareness is a pretty new 
discovery. Right. I think like Jane Goodall being with the gorillas and everything, that might have been the first time they were yeah. people started realizing, oh, other animals are actually really smart. I don't know. So now when he says one animal can reason, I'm like, uh, cuttlefish. Yeah. Yeah. Octopus. Octopus are so smart. That could be the end of this book. Uh, yeah. That would be funny if he's like, I found a new animal and it's never been seen before. Take a look. He brings him to the window and he presses a button and something lights up outside and it's just his octopus tank. Oh. Yeah. If I give them a three hour head start, weirdly enough, they don't get very far. Yeah. Put them in the on middle the of the jungle. I put eight moccasins yeah. on their little feet. <laughs> give them eight little knives. Maybe four moccasins, four knives. <laughs> Pretty good. But so uh, Zaroff has a conversation with Rainsford where Rainsford finally figures out the obvious. And he's like, no, you're joking. You wouldn't kill humans. That's murder. I was surprised <laughs> with like how much lead up there was that uh, Rainsford was the one who said it instead of Zaroff. Right. Yeah. Like I thought like, okay, Zarf is going to have to like spell it out completely for Because him. Rainsford is not getting it. He Rainsford gets it like one second before Zarf can say it. Yeah. So he says to Rainsford, I refuse to believe that so modern and civilized a young man as you seem to be harbors romantic ideas about the value of human life. Evil. That's his whole thing. <laughs> and then he says, yeah, he's like, he says, surely your experiences in the war, and Rainsford says, did not make me condone cold-blooded murder. And then the general laughs. Well, I I kind of agree with him there. <laughs> like, you eat meat, you kill people in war, and they're just like, but I'm a good person, though. I don't murder people. I just shoot them in war. Yeah, he's, I think, I do think there's a difference. Obviously, I'm not pro-war but i do think there's a difference between killing someone who's also trying to kill you and purposefully wrecking a ship and fattening up some dudes and then just killing them yeah no there's definitely a difference okay jackie (laughs) they both have guns in war it's a little bit more sporting yeah (laughs) a little more sport everyone has a gun the thing is zaroff is like so shocked that Rainsford isn't cool with murder. He says he's droll. He says, wow, what a mid-Victorian point of view you have to be against murder. And then he's like... It must be your Puritan ancestors. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) It's because you're American. All those Puritans have made it so you're against cold-blooded murder. How how humorous. Yeah, the Puritans never killed anybody. (laughs) Didn't they kill witches all the time? Did I make that up? Well, they were just witches. Come on, Becca. (laughs) I feel like Puritans... I feel like they were pro-murder. That's what I think of the Puritans, probably. Mm, well, they wouldn't say that. They would just put some killings that we would call murder. They would not. Well, that's just what General Zaroff says. It was just hunting, Rachel. It's not murder. Uh, the general says, he's like, oh, come hunting with me. It's going to be fun. So at first, it does seem like he wants Rainsford to kill people as well. He's not planning on killing Rainsford. And he says to him, life is for the strong, to be lived by the strong and, if needs be, taken by the strong. The weak of the world were put here to give the strong pleasure. I am strong. Why should I not use my gift? If I wish to hunt, why should I not? And then he says some stuff about how poor people suck. Really racist stuff. I mean, he uses terms that we would say are racist now, but he also kills white people. He includes whites. I don't know how much of that is just like those words are bad now or how much is he's racist. I'm sure he's racist because he's a Russian aristocrat. I think he just hates poor people of all races. Yeah. So that's why I was wondering, because he does say, I hunt the scum of the earth, colon, and then he lists all these people. So it's like, these are what he includes in the scum of the earth, but it's like every imaginable race. 
race. Yeah. I hunt the scum of the earth. Sailors. And then he says, the sailors could be any race, but all yeah. sailors are scum. So then Rainsford is like, did I say I came <laughs> off a yacht? I meant I fell out of a helicopter. Sorry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Whoops. Yeah. Oops. Well, he said yacht, luckily. Yeah, because if he had said, I came off a sailboat, forget it. And we find out also that uh, Zaroff, he says, I chose this island because there are a lot of shipwrecks, and sometimes when there haven't been enough shipwrecks, I purposefully trick people into wrecking their ships. <laughs> so he has an electrical, almost like a landing strip that he lights up that makes it look like it's going to be a lane for boats to pass through, but actually it leads them right into some sharp rocks. Yeah. <laughs> he's such a cheater. Yeah. I know he really is. He just, he's not sportsman-like. At all. Not at like all. Like in The Princess Bride, whenever the ju- he has to kill mm-hmm. the Dread Pirate Roberts, and he's like, I'm just going to use my hands. I'm not going to throw a rock at him. That was sportsman-like. Well, he's also a giant, but yeah. Well, he can't help it if he's the biggest and the strongest, Jackie. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't even exercise. <laughs> yeah, he says, not very sportsman-like. Yeah, like that guy who showed up to my door at Halloween. <laughs> <What>? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead explain we already told that story uh on the pod yeah on the podcast it was during one of the odyssey episodes oh odyssey. andre the giant came to my house on halloween and i asked him if he was andre the giant and he said no i'm a pirate and then i got really upset it wasn't andre the giant <laughs> oh it was uh, like a pizza man so he wasn't yeah. being unsportsman like he just wasn't being andre the giant yeah he wasn't yeah. playing along <laughs> there's a part where um the general says uh <laughs> the the razor sharp edges of the rocks can crush a ship as easily as i crush this nut and then he drops a walnut on the floor and crushes it and i just pictured like that could have gone so wrong like he could have just dropped the walnut and nine times out of ten it's just gonna roll away (laughs) and he wouldn't have gotten to make his point or if he stamped on it and it didn't actually crush like he got the angle wrong (laughs) and he fell over yeah or like he slips like it's a banana peel yeah but becca that's good evidence that he does have some a maid or or someone to clean up because you're not just just gonna squished a walnut on the ground who's gonna clean that up if you're the one cleaning up you're not gonna what if what if rainsford looks and he's like and he realized the ground was covered in crushed walnuts <laughs> i'm just thinking you'd have to drop this walnut very carefully from a very small height to enable it to not just immediately fly away maybe it was flat maybe it was a flat walnut already like square <laughs> it's a trick walnut. i need to demonstrate things more in my life you know what i mean you need to crush more walnuts just like anything just being like i'm going to cut through the competition just like I'm going to cut this paper. <laughs> cut this cake. See how easy that was. Wouldn't that be so great? Yeah. Zaroff would be upset if you said he wasn't sportsmanlike because he says once the sailors get there, he gives them a lot of good food and exercise and they are well rested and they're in the, the best physical condition of their lives, basically, before he hunts them. So apologize to Zaroff. Yes. Not so bad of a guy after all, is he? They're in the worst mental condition of their life but peak physical condition yeah and he says he has a training school in the cellar i would like i that would be a horrific thing to see that training school yeah but he rainsford needs to just go down there and stage an uprising that's what he needed to do instead of being so he you can disapprove of general zaroff but he has all the guns and the giant right now you need to pretend like you agree with him yeah i know and then when you least expect it you disagree turn the tables Mm. he'll give you a gun and then you can shoot him when you're hunting the other guy when he's like let's hunt a man together say like that sounds awesome dude yeah i'd love to get really excited about it i've never done that before he'll give you a gun just shoot him immediately and then shoot ivan he is so dumb he is so dumb that's what i would have done of course zaroff would have given him a gun because he's surprised rainsford is against murder in the first place so if rainsford was like dude that sounds awesome i'd love to 
play along. Also, he could have just, it seems like he could have just pr- like played more dumb the whole time or said like, I'm, I'm really tired. I want to go to bed. Why don't you tell me more about this in the morning? And he never would have found out anything. Yeah. Like if he just kept playing dumb, he never would have gotten to the point. And he could have just been like, I'm going to It would have been funny if he had been like, what? Even longer. And yeah. Zaraf never would have told me. He would have just said like, I need to hunt someone with logic. This guy does not have logic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he should have been a little dumber or a little smarter. Yeah. He was the worst level of dumb to be. Yeah. The people he's keeping in his training school, they're very inferior lot they're from a a boat that crashed and he says they're poor specimens they're more accustomed to the deck than to the jungle why would they be accustomed to the jungle they're salesmen they're they're salesmen Salesmen. what what, what do you call (laughs) english is fun wait what do you call sailors sailors salesmen that's great you can also call this death of a salesman s-a-i-l that's pretty good maybe i will it's like, is General Zaroff even accustomed to the job? Well, he kind of is. Doesn't sound like it. He has this nice mansion. So he says that if the men refuse to play, if, they, if they're able to survive three days, he will put them on a boat and take them back to civilization. But none have done it so far, even though he has occasionally had to break out his pack of hunting dogs. Like, come on, dude. Yeah, if it, you can't find him, let him be. It's like, clearly you're not good enough of a hunter. Because also, he said the problem is that he wins every time with animals, but he wins every time with people, too, so... Yeah, I didn't get that. It's not any better. Well, he says later, like, oh, last night I went out and I found that guy and he just ran in a straight line and he said, I'm beginning to feel some of my old boredom again. Yeah, but so he shouldn't... He should handicap himself a little more, like, not have the pack of dogs. Yeah, he should. Okay, so he says that if they don't take his deal, then I'm going to give them to Ivan and he'll kill them in a way that's even more horrible. He says, Ivan used to be the professional whipper for the czar, so... It's a weird job. Yeah. Wait, I want to imagine a book where Zarov has done what you said and he's gotten to the point where he handicaps himself just way too much. And so he's like, he gives, what's his name, Rumsford or something? Rains. He Rains. gives him a gun and then Zarov like blindfolds himself and <laughs> binds his arms and legs. <laughs> and he's like, I'll get you. Locks himself up in a box. Like it's a Houdini <laughs> yeah. type thing. Yeah. Hangs himself upside down from the yeah. ceiling. Well, he says he likes danger. It's just, I think he's lying about liking danger. But yeah. if you like danger so much. Put Ivan on the other guy's team. Ooh, yeah. Give the other guy Ivan. Fine. Go hang out with a polio mosquito or however you get polio. Yeah. Hunt, the most dangerous game is a mosquito with malaria. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's one set loose on the island. <laughs> I can't find it. Um, I can't find it yeah. anywhere. <laughs> a bloodthirsty mosquito. <laughs> yeah, he just he wants to. He's a serial killer. He just wants to murder people. He doesn't actually care about Ugh. danger. Yeah, for himself. So then yeah. he says, "I want to show you my collection of heads. Let's check it out." Finally, Rainsford gets a little bit of tact, and he's like, "Uh, I don't feel well. So how about I go to bed instead? How about I look at those heads in the morning?" Yeah. Also, I will say on the movie poster, I only saw it because that was what I pulled up to access the story. On the movie poster, the picture of General Zaroff has like the mounted heads behind him. Ew. Uh, it's ew. drawn though. It's oh, few. it's not okay. like pic, you know, a picture because it's from yeah. you know that movie. It's a cartoon. I mean, I don't think it's a cartoon. But it's an illustrated, yeah, um, illustrated poster movie poster image. Mm. 
So behind him, and first of all, they made him blonde with a blonde wig, with a blonde beard, and he should have had the white hair with the black beard. Come on. He's a master of disguise. Yeah. (laughs) Is he? He kind of sounds like that, uh, the hunter from Jumanji, the 90s movie. (gasps) Yeah. That That guy who just comes out and he's like, all right, time to kill everything. Yeah. Doesn't discriminate. Yeah, that's exactly him. Okay. There's a lady on the movie poster, too. I wonder what her role is in the movie. Uh Uh-oh. It's interesting. Why is there a lady? What that's could she that's when Zara finds love and decides to just settle down. Oh my gosh. There was an action series on Quibi that came out in 2020 called The Most Dangerous Game starring Liam Hemsworth based on this story. What? <laughs> yeah. You know, when I was in middle school, I made a video called The Ultimate Prey. Uh-huh. That was a Most Dangerous Game parody. I remember that from Theo's other podcast. I remember that from. I just remember it from him talking about it before. <laughs> so, you know, it's influenced culture in a lot of ways. <laughs> yeah. You can find echoes in that so, story. Okay. Anyway. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Theo, you done? All right. Uh, so Zaroff yeah. says he only likes to hunt at night. He does handicap himself in that way. He does handicap himself with the thick black eyelids of night. Yeah. He doesn't like to hunt during the day. But the next day at lunch, he says he actually was a little bored hunting last night because that guy wasn't very good prey. Mm-hmm. He does only seem to care about the tracking and not the showdown part. So why does he have to kill? Yeah. He's very wealthy. He could just tell people, I'll pay you a lot of money to come play hide and seek on my island. And the longer <laughs> it goes until I find you, the more money I pay you. And then not yeah. kill them at the end. Well, okay. So what was Rainsford doing the entire night and up until lunchtime? Because like it was like he was just sitting around the house and he wasn't trying to get away or contact anyone. Like I don't know. Maybe he has a phone somewhere. No, he asked General Zaroff to leave. When he comes back, he says, I want to go home. So he was just waiting for Zaroff to come back so he could ask to go home. Yeah. Hey, can you send me back now? <laughs> yeah, but Zaroff was gone all day, so he could have just, I don't know, like you said, tried to speak to Well, he to just assumed if he asked, Zaroff would give him a boat so he could go back. Yeah, he's the kind of guy that life has always been kind to, so he doesn't ever suppose Except that Except things- in the trenches in France, Becca. <laughs> mm, I don't know. Here he is. He's a rich white guy. Yeah. He's like, of course, if I ask to go home, he'll let me go home. Despite everything he said, I'm sure he's a reasonable person. <laughs> I'll just ask to go home. Yeah. And he doesn't even promise not to tell anyone, and he still thinks he'll let him go home. Yep. And also, your word as a gentleman, who cares? Just promise not to tell anyone. Your My word as a murderer, yeah. Yeah. I also like that this book uh, goes into great detail about everything they eat. Yeah. The general's like, hey, I had some more crepe Suzette. He's eating a hothouse grape. He had some borscht. Delicately eats a hothouse cream. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the whipped cream and the borscht okay. or whatever. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So finally, Zaroff says, oh, well, let's hunt tonight. And he's like, I will not hunt. And then the general's like, well, if you don't want to hunt, then I guess you can hang out with Ivan. Yeah. And then Rainsford says, oh, no, I see what's going to happen. <laughs> he says, you don't mean. <laughs> so there's another goosebumps moment where he's like, okay, well, then I guess you're going to have to go out and take your chances and I'll hunt you. But don't go to Death Swamp. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Welcome to Death Swamp. That's where all the living people go. Then he tells him about how one of his dogs, Lazarus, died in the quicksand. So he's like, stay away from the quicksand. Because my dogs. Because my dogs. Yeah. You're going to make it harder on my dogs. Think about my feelings. I do feel bad for the dogs, actually. Yep. Because it's not their fault. 
No, that's true. And then he goes, I always take a siesta after lunch. Like, So go ahead and run away now. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So Ivan gives him some clothes, some food, and a long-bladed hunting knife. And I guess some moccasins, but I guess, but we don't really find out. He recommends that he wears moccasins, but we don't know if he takes the advice yet. Yeah, that's the one plot hole. I'm pretty sure he does. <laughs> Is he wearing moccasins or not yet? So he's running in the woods, and at first he's just trying to get away. He spends two hours walking in a straight line. Then he starts making, like, little trails, you know, doubling back and loop-de-loops and all kinds of things. And finally climbs up a big tree to rest and take a nap. And he's like, Zaraf will never find me. And mm-hmm. uh, Zaraf finds him. <laughs> it's very clear. Like, immediately <laughs> finds him. And Rainsford thinks to himself, like, wait a second. Because Zaraf comes right up to him and then, like, is looking looking up the tree and stops right before looking at him. Rainsford thinks, like, shoo. And then Zaraf smiles and happily walks away. And Rainsford's like, wait a second. Why did he smile? Is he doing this on purpose so he gets to hunt me longer? <laughs> I think he might know. I'm here. (laughs) I just feel I like I like I know he's dumb, but I just feel like in general he's super dumb. But I don't think it's his fault. And I think do you think he's a himbo? Yes, he's a himbo. And I think he has good morals, (laughs) like because he is like I'm not gonna hunt a person, and I'm also definitely gonna tell people about you. (laughs) That's a pretty low bar. (laughs) No, but I mean I think it's more just like he has like this misplaced. He's like gotta be honest. Can't promise not to tell anyone if I'm gonna tell someone. But yeah, I think you're allowed to lie to a murderer. I think that's okay to get away. (laughs) You know he wants to do the right thing and he's just not very smart but he's so cheerful and happy that i'm inclined to feel good about he loves him. food he's principal yeah <laughs> yeah you do you guy you got your principles his principle is do not hunt humans <laughs> no but also don't lie even to a murderer yeah because yeah. a murderer is a person too <laughs> yeah that's not what americans do becca mm-hmm. uh so he so zaroff goes away going to save him for another day sport and then Rainsford is like okay I'm going to make something so he uses his hunting prowess and he builds um oh a Malay man catcher like he takes a, a tree and does something with his knife and like bends it back so basically like when the general comes by the next time he s- triggers it and then the tree gonna get squished by a tree hopefully yeah so the tree falls on him but he just barely manages to avoid being smashed by it but he does injure his shoulder and so he's like aha not many men know how to make a Malay man catcher but I too have hunted in Malacca. Feels <laughs> interesting. <laughs> he says BRB and he leaves. He also, the entire time that Rainsford's in the jungle, he keeps repeating over and over to himself that he has to keep his nerve. Yeah. And at one point he's like frantically thinking, nerve, 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 nerve. Which nerve. I don't know is really achieving what he wants. Yeah, doesn't that make you feel brave? Nerve, 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 nerve. So the ground grew softer under his moccasins. So he's wearing moccasins. There you go. Oh, yes. Okay, there's no plot holes at all. No plot tightest story there's ever been (laughs) that doesn't explicitly say he's wearing them but we can move on (laughs) yeah he could just be putting them down on the ground every time he stops there's little buddies (laughs) he should have gotten two sets of shoes that would make his tracks more complicated oh that would i'm hunting a quadrupedal animal yeah (laughs) so he puts his moccasins down in one spot and the ground just grows softer under them the ooze appears he realizes he's in death swamp (laughs) Death Swamp. That's me. Yep. I'm the thing that makes Death Swamp so deathy. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love the names for everything on this island. He decides to build another trap. He remembers that when he was in France, they were digging trenches and he says like that was such a chill experience compared to what i'm doing now yeah i didn't get that <laughs> so he's digging a pit like he backs away from the from death swamp the land the ground is still kind of damp and easy to dig so he's digging 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 and then he makes some stakes puts the stakes in there covers it up with a carpet of leaves and stuff and then hides nearby this is a burmese tiger pit yes that's what they say <laughs> at least and he sees that rainsford or rainsford hears that the general he says he's coming with unusual swiftness and he hears something but it turns out that one of his dogs fell in the pit and died which is very sad yeah mm -hmm. also that's why he was going so fast yeah so he's, he makes all these traps, and every time, like, the general explicitly explains to the readers what the trap is called. So he's like, aha, you're a Malay mancatcher, you're Burmese tiger pit, you're this, you're that. Mm -hmm. I want a version of the story that goes on for a long time, and the traps <laughs> get more and more ridiculous, and the general is like, aha, your Scandinavian snake skewer has really worked this time, but you're not going to get me next time. Like, <laughs> your yeah. Brazilian box is never going to catch me. Brazilian so. box. Well, d so is is the format country, animal, and then thing? Yeah, man, catcher, tiger pit. Yeah. So, what would you come up with, Theo? Oh gosh, putting me on the spot. Okay, what's a country? Who's got a country in mind? Okay, how about Polish? All right, and now who has an animal? <laughs> I have one. I have one. Say it. Your Polish parrot puncher. Polish parrot puncher. <laughs> I was going to say your Argentinian llama slicer. A slicer? Oh Whoa. It just comes out of the ground, and it has a bunch of knives, and it slices the llama. Oh, gosh. Well, no, maybe it maybe it just shaves the llama, makes a nice little blankie. Oh, your Argentinian alpaca shearer didn't work. <laughs> I still have all my fur. I've still got this mustache. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> still got my luxurious stash. Nice try. Yeah. Ah, oh, Mr. Rainsford, I see that your Canadian cadaver creator has done its work on one of my dogs. Oh. Cadaver. Oh. Cadaver creator. <laughs> I've invented a, a new thing. It's a cadaver. Um, what was yours, Theo? You said you came up with something. I was going to do Canadian also, but it wasn't good. I, I didn't have anything. It was just like... Just say it. Was it worse than cadaver creator? Canadian camel compressor. I don't know. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> There's no camels in Canada. Okay, then Canadian cactus compressor. There we go. We There are a ton of cacti-sized cacti in Canada. Maybe you could use cactuses as the weapon. Your Canadian camel cacticizer. Cacticizer. <laughs> it turns something into a cactus. They don't have to be alliterations. The, other, the actual ones are not alliterations. <laughs> I don't know why we keep trying to do that. None of them are. Well, we want to one-up Zara. Yeah. We want to one-up them. In every way. So instead of hunting humans, we have to hunt Zarov. So you've done well. Your Burmese tiger pit has claimed one of my best dogs. And then he's like, well, that was amusing. I'm going to go home and take a nap. I know. And that's the third day, right? Uh, no, that's the second day. Second day. day. Oh, okay. Well, okay, wait, no. No, it's the first day because he slept in the tree. The tree is day, happens in day one. Mm -hmm. The evening of day one. The tree that he's squishing him with is... Same day. The next morning. No, it's the same day. He hasn't even slept since then. I'm pretty sure those two traps are all the same day. Those two traps are in day two. Yeah. I think okay. him in the tree and Zaraf coming to the tree and then leaving. No, I think he comes back the same day for the 
melee the man catcher and then the same day after that too was the burmese tiger pit i think that's all the first full day the first full day at nighttime the tiger pit and then he goes home because he likes to hunt at night so at daybreak he wakes up ransford wakes up and it's daytime of the third day and there's a pack of hunting dogs, of course, because he's like, oh, hunting's just too easy for me. Yeah. Better get a bunch of dogs to do all the work. And Ivan, and- the biggest man Rainsford's ever seen. And he's seen some big men. How do you know? I'm just assuming. Because <laughs> he saw Captain Nielsen. Yeah, he's been all around the world looking oh, okay. at the biggest men every nation has to offer. I, I'm picturing in the first draft, that's what it did say. And I've seen some big guys. And the editor was like, nope. How do you know? <laughs> So then he learns his lesson explicitly. He says he's running for his life. Rainsford now knew how an animal at bay feels. He makes a trap he learned in Uganda where he takes a young sapling and he ties it down. The Ugandan sapling gun. (laughs) No, it's not a gun. He ties his knife to the sapling. So when you trip the wire, the sapling will spring up and stab you. Yeah. Sapling stabber. Sapling stabber. You stab saplings? (laughs) No, the sapling is the stabber. (laughs) <laughs> That's the kind of stabber it is. It's a sapling stabber. Ugandan human sapling stabber. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It kills human <laughs> saplings, yeah. yeah. And this is where he goes, nerf, nerf, nerf. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But unfortunately, he only kills Ivan. Well, that's actually he needed to kill Ivan because he would have been a problem later. Maybe Ivan, if he killed Zaref, Ivan would have been like, the spell has been broken. Yeah, and then he turns into a little boy again. Mm. Yeah. A sapling. <laughs> a human sapling. It wouldn't be safe for Rainsford to bet that he'll turn into a little boy if he can only kill Zara. <laughs> <laughs> and then the dogs all turn into puppies. Aww. Oh, yeah. Or kittens. Okay, so he's yelling, nerve, nerve, nerve. I guess this is on the third day, maybe? This is the third day, the morning of the third day, and then he leaps out into the sea. He decides to run, and he jumps jumps off a cliff into the ocean, and Zaraf sees it happen, and he stares out at the water, then he shrugs, drinks some brandy, lights a cigarette, and hums something from Madam Butterfly. Madam Butterfly. <laughs> why does he keep, Theo, why does he keep, like, naming the things that he's humming? So we know how cultured he is. Yeah, we want to know how cultured both of them are Yeah, for Zaroff to be able to hum them and Rainsford to be able to recognize them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Even though he's swimming away in the ocean, he hears what he's humming. <laughs> like, oh, Madam Butterfly. That, <laughs> is that Madam Butterfly? <laughs> was, that, was that some... <laughs> <laughs> Although we don't know that Rainsford identified the Madam Butterfly. Like, the narrator is not Rainsford. Like, in the next paragraph, it's like, Zaroff goes home and he reads something from the works of Marcus Aurelius. And he drinks two bottles of fancy wine. <laughs> and they name that by name as Paul well. Paul Roger and Chambertin. Okay, we unfortunately, we actually have a lot of French listeners. Do not say anything about my pronunciation or I will cry. <laughs> <Don't> say <anything laughs> unfortunately, you have French listeners? I'm, no, it's unfortunate for me trying to pronounce French words. It's fortunate for the podcast. Yes, there yeah. you go. I won't say too much Ew. more about it, but I, it reminds me of that scene from The Room where he felt the need to, like, film all the extras saying, like, I'll have one hot chocolate and one slice <laughs> of pie. And they're like, okay, that'll be $4. Please have a seat. Hello, I would like one latte. And, like, they go through all these different things. Yeah. Oh, I I think that Zaroff is very, very full of himself and very pretentious. So I think him always humming these snatches of Madame Butterfly and reading these highbrow 
books and is just really just to show like, ooh, I'm so cultured, but to it's the juxtaposition of such a civilized yeah. man and a cold blooded murderer, maybe. Aye, uh, right. Yeah. He's so civilized. But then he murders. So So he's bothered because he says, Oh, it's gonna be difficult to replace Ivan and then he says, of course, that his quarry had escaped him. Of course the American hadn't played the game. What does he mean he didn't play the game? He didn't play the game. He didn't let himself get caught or avoid capture. He just he thinks he killed himself by jumping off the cliff. Oh, okay. I was like, Well, he played the hell out of the game. Like what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> no, he thinks that yeah, I think he thinks he killed himself. Yeah, I also think but that was silly of him because it's like he can you know he swam to the island, like that's how he got here. It's crazy to assume <laughs> assume he's dead just because he was in the water it's like he literally swam well he probably had clothes on yeah oh, yeah because yeah. <laughs> he was naked when he ended up here that's the crucial difference you're right you're gonna drown immediately if you have clothes on <laughs> that's true well he can always take them off i guess yeah he says to himself better luck another time then he turns on the light in his room da-da it's rainsford he was hiding behind the curtains <laughs> Crucial question. Is he naked or not? I'm assuming he's naked, and I'm sure I'm correct. But if he's such a great (laughs) hunter, wouldn't he have noticed something was awry or, like, smelled him or whatever? Yeah, wouldn't you have smelled the salty man? Rachel, he's only used to the jungle. (laughs) He's never seen anything in the light. But he sees Rainsford. He screams, Rainsford! How in God's name did you get here? Swam. I found it quicker than walking through the jungle. Really? You swam into the bedroom? Is that what he was asking? I think, yeah, I think he was like, like, how'd you get into my room? I don't think he was saying. I don't think he was asking, yeah, how did you get how back to land? How did you get from there to the land? Like, yeah, the shore. Well, an orca picked me up and towed me back to shore. The general says, I congratulate you. You have won the game. He's like, nice job, buddy. <laughs> oh, and all you listeners, guess what? You just lost the game. Ha. Uh, <laughs> you haven't thought about that in a while. Got him. Nice. Oh. Yeah. So do you want to say what he says? It says, Rainsford did not smile. I'm still a beastie boy. I'm still a beastie boy. He says, I am still a beast at bay. Get ready, General <laughs> Zaroff. The general bows and says, Splendid. One of us is to furnish a repast for the hounds. The other will sleep in this very excellent bed. Why is he like your reward? If you kill me, you can sleep in my bed. He has his own bed and it's really good. He already told us how great it was. Yeah. I feel weird <laughs> sleeping in a murderer's bed. Why doesn't he just say, You know what? We can both sleep in our separate beds and neither of us has to be a meal for the hounds. That was a perfectly reasonable alternative. Yeah. You gotta kill Zaroff. Rainsford said, no, 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 the game's still going. Like, I can get you. I also like that it says the general made one of his deepest bows. Yeah. This guy does a lot of deep bows, but this one? <laughs> I've seen a lot of big men and done a lot of deep bows. Not the deepest, but one of his deepest. Top five. And then yeah. the final line, Becca, do you want to read it? He had never slept in a better bed, Rainsford decided. All right. <laughs> What a terrible last line. Yeah. It's like the author had a deadline and they spent too much time in the beginning. And the Too much time being like, what wine are they going to drink? Yeah. What's the most cultured (laughs) wine of all? And so then in the end, he was like, oh my gosh, it's due tomorrow. I got to just, I just got to go. What if the last, what if the last line was like, those doggies were hungry, (laughs) Rainsford decided. (laughs) They had never had a better meal, the hounds decided. (laughs) Well, that doesn't tell you which of them won, though. (laughs) I know. Well, do you think that it should have told us? Go ahead, Theo. I don't think you should ever end a story with the word decided. Rainsford decided. It's so weak. Yeah. It should have been like Rainsford had never slept in a better bed. Yeah, that would be a better sentence. But I think the author didn't want you to know it was Rainsford who won until the second to last word. (laughs) Or he could have said decided Rainsford. 
Yeah. But does does anyone read just like left to right and just like completely covers up everything happening next? No, we take in chunks. So you would see the Rainsford. Yeah. <sighs> well, I don't I'm honestly I was kind of like, oh, I wish they had I wish Connell hadn't told us who won. But what do you guys think? Like it had just said he had never slept in a better bed. But we would know it was Rainsford because <laughs> Zara sleeps in that bed every night. So this is t- <laughs> it's his bed. It's his favorite bed of all. <laughs> oh, then how about this? He had never felt the feeling of getting chewed up by dogs before. That is true for both of them. One of them decided. Which one? Your choice. <laughs> what if the last line was, he had never slept in a better bed? The cold-blooded murderer decided. Which one is it? <laughs> oh, nice. They're both murderers now. Do you guys think it's good that we find out who wins or not? No, I don't think it's good. I also don't think they even need to have this final competition. Wait, what, what? do you think should have happened, Theo? <laughs> should have drowned because he wasn't naked. I don't know. I mean, it would have been fine if Rainsford had died, too. I don't know. Well, what do you, I'm just wondering what your ideal end scenario is. Maybe it's like Rainsford swims back to New York, but then... He like goes back to his old apartment, and there's Zaroff in his bedroom. Oh, yeah, Zaroff's in his bedroom, and then Zaroff has never slept in a better bed. Yeah, I was thinking something like, then he sits down on the couch and puts his feet up on the ottoman, and then opens the paper, and it's like crazy general finally stopped. No thanks to Rainsford or something like that. <laughs> no thanks to Rainsford. Right? What if Whitney saved the day at the end? Yes. Oh, Whitney should yes. have come back. Yes. Yeah. No thanks to Rainsford. <laughs> yeah. So you don't like that Rainsford is the one to like. You wanted Zaroff to be stopped, but you didn't want Rainsford to do it. Rainsford still needs to learn his lesson. I think he learned. <laughs> if I spent three days like terrified of a murderer hot on my trail, I feel like I would learn my lesson and not hunt anymore. But I think that's. That's why the last line is there. He doesn't learn because he just becomes General Zaroff, basically. He's no better than him. It's, no, that is, he is better. He's better. <laughs> no, I think he it's needed good to, to kill put him. an end to yeah. his murderous spree. Yeah, someone needed to kill Zaroff. <laughs> why did he go to sleep in his bed? That's weird. He should have gone to his own he bed. He could have just, he might have gone to his own bed. They don't say. <laughs> yeah, he might have <laughs> found an entirely new bed. <laughs> he might have been like, I'm going to use a new guest room tonight. This is basically my house now. Where are the moccasins? But also, I want to know what's the deal? Did he save? all the sailors what did they say i'm like, sure he saved the sailors or did you think he went to bed and was like i'll deal with them tomorrow <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i deserve this i've had a big enough day yeah. <laughs> well okay i will say this he might have just dealt with them tomorrow but at the same time it's like their danger was Zaroff. so if they're just exercising and eating but they're still thinking that, that one of them could be killed at any time <laughs> they might think that he's Zaroff. it's a short story they can't wrap everything up with the say like, you have to just assume like of course rainsford's gonna set the sailors free but we don't need to well, worry about jackie thinks he's just as bad as Zaroff. you think he's now? gonna start hunting <laughs> sailors now jackie <laughs> i don't necessarily think that but he i slept in the bed the bed while I sleep in the bed. I just, I've slept in a lot of people's beds when they're not there, and I don't think that's what it means. Well, did you sleep in murderers' beds? You've never, like, taken on their personality characteristics. Did they know you were sleeping there? Did you kill them so that you could sleep in the bed? No. I'm saying, like, I'll sleep in someone's bed, and I'm like, this doesn't mean I'm going to take over their life and live the life they were living now that I've slept in their bed. Yeah, you're like, just because I killed them doesn't mean I'm going to become them. So, Becca, what's your hottest take of all? No, I think my hot take was Rainsford is a himbo. He definitely that was your, is. 
You said you were saving it till the end. You kept saying it throughout. <laughs> oh, I think Theo said it first. So I was like, oh, you can just say That's it. your hottest take? <laughs> that the main character is stupid. He's not just stupid. He's a himbo. You can go hotter. Even if you don't believe in it, I think you can get a hotter take. Well, yeah, you can go hotter than just, that. Just like come up with something crazy. Something crazy. Okay. Um, something totally unbelievable. Rainsford becomes Zara. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that would be a hot take, but I just don't think he becomes Zaroff. Okay, what about this? Whitney pushed Whitney pushed Rainsford off the boat. That's oh. my hot take. Oh, no, no, no. Whitney gave Rainsford the pipe, knowing <laughs> mm-hmm. that he would fall <laughs> off the boat because of it. Because he knows how dumb his friend is. So I think Zaroff was a jaguar the whole time. <gasps> Getting revenge. It was actually a jaguar that wanted men to know what it feels like. So he was a jaguar wearing a man suit. Oh, maybe he was reincarnated. Yeah. Okay, I have a hot take. Listen to this. Zaroff, okay. when he was hunting the Cape Buffalo, okay. he was actually killed. So he's been dead this whole time. Uh-huh. It's the buffalo's dream. Everything yeah. that happened was the buffalo's dream. The buffalo's dream. <laughs> like, damn, I, I'm I'm glad I killed that guy. Look at what would have happened yeah. if I hadn't. Yeah, the buffalo yeah. is like, phew. Ooh, maybe this is the alternate reality that the buffalo is now traveling through time to try to prevent from happening. <laughs> buffalo's like, when I charge this guy, I have to kill him or he's going to start doing this craziness. Oh. Yeah. He almost succeeded. Yeah. Like, maybe it's all like purgatory the buffalo like sailors because they don't ever hunt they only fish that's the only thing is if general zaroff really was a jaguar and he's taking his revenge he should have only hunted rainsfords and hunters not sailors because they're minding their business yeah okay has anyone ever seen that movie brother bear yeah yes skinny fat am i right becca it's exactly like brother bear Yeah, he tries to kill the bear, and then to learn his lesson, he gets turned into a bear. So what if that's what happened to Zaroff when he was 10, and the first animal he ever killed was, or the first big game he ever killed was a bear? He becomes a bear. He's been a bear ever since. Is he still a bear? Well, he's a bear, and General Zaroff is the bear. The bear is him. (laughs) I just think it would make more sense for him to be a Cape Buffalo than a bear. Oh, he did kill a bear when he was 10. Okay, fine. But I will say, actually, another hot take Ooh. is, honestly, maybe we can make a few allowances for General Zaroff because he had a messed up upbringing. You're going to give a five-year-old a pistol to hunt sparrows, and then he starts shooting turkeys. And if my kids started killing things willy-nilly, I would be like, whoa, you should value life. You shouldn't just kill things. But he's, like, not even mad. He's like, good shot, son. So it's like from yeah, an impressionable yeah. age, he's been taught not to value life and to only value marksmanship. So <laughs> maybe he's like the only way he can get his dad's affection is to kill things. Yeah. And he, if he had just gotten a couple more hugs, everything would have been fine. What? Maybe he didn't have a mother. And he wouldn't have had to have turned into that bear. Oh, that would have been so much better if <laughs> Rainsford kills Zaroff and then, uh-oh, another door opens and it's Zaroff's father. <laughs> and, and other things happen. <laughs> An even hotter, older Russian man. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There what would happen? But just like, you're going to give a five-year-old a pistol, you weirdo? Yeah. Like, no wonder he, he wasn't allowed to have any other passions. <laughs> Maybe he wanted to be a painter. Yeah. Well, and he specifically had this gun made for a five-year-old. Like, you couldn't get one that tiny, and he had no one else make it. Yeah. Who, well, so there's two people to blame for this whole fiasco. One, General Zara's father. Two, the gunsmith who made a tiny gun for a five-year-old. <laughs> what about what about the witch that switched bodies with Zaroff and a bear when he was ten? 
Yeah. Why are you bringing up Jackie's weird theory? <laughs> she was trying to do a good thing. <laughs> she, uh, yeah, we don't blame her for that. I think she was. She yeah. had good intentions. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So it's all Zaroff's dad's fault. And the gunsmith wow. who made a f- tiny gun. Well, maybe the dad was like, this is just a funny joke gun. But then he shouldn't have made it work. If I was a gunsmith and he was like, make a tiny gun for my five-year-old, I'd be like, I'm not going to do that. He'd be like, it's a joke. I'd be like, okay. And then I would make it so it doesn't shoot and it just looks like a little gun. And then if he was like, hey, this doesn't shoot, I'd be like, you told me it was a joke. Yeah. Zaroff Sr. Well, it's a funnier joke if it worked. <laughs> Although I guess if his dad was like a Russian aristocrat, it's hard to blame somebody for having to do what he says. Yeah, so maybe we don't we don't blame the gunsmith. We blame the aristocracy in Russia and General Zarov's dad. Guns don't kill people. Aristocracies kill people. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that seems to be what it's about, the decadent aristocracy. And the hero <laughs> of the story is the Russian peasants who rise up against the Tsar. All right, so what are we going to rate it? Out of five? Do we what how do we rate it? What do we do? We give it numbers. Are we firing it or not firing it? Is that what you mean? I'm gonna have to fire it because the writing's just not very good. Yeah. I'm like, fine. The writing's it. really not very clever. No way. It's great. It. It's so funny. Rachel. Okay, but you firing can't say it. So fire, does fire mean we don't like it or we do? For Rachel it means she thinks it's funny. If Rachel <laughs>, laughs at it or laughs with it, it won't get fired. I'm saying I think it should be a canonical work because I think middle and high schoolers should have to read it because I think they enjoy no, it. And I like being not. able to I don't re- remember enjoying I like it. being able to reference the most dangerous game. It's a fun joke to be able to make going forward. I think they should just watch the ultimate prey. Wait, Becca, what do you think? Do you think do you think it's something that teens should read definitely in um eastern north carolina because a lot of people hunt over there and i think every hunter should read the most dangerous game Hmm. and happens to be a lot of hunters are in high school and i think Hmm. those high schoolers that i went with to high school with they should have to read the most dangerous game so do you think it should be (laughs) in the curriculum still yes it's teaching them you know you should value life or you might find yourself on the other end of a pistol. I don't know. Like, so <laughs> you turn on your light in your bedroom and out of the curtain steps that deer you were trying to get earlier and you're like, no, no, oh my you God. Go, you're the huntee. <laughs> How'd you get in here? No, no, no. You are Rainsford. You're going to fall off a boat holding a pipe and then someone's going to be hunting you. But it all ended up fine for Rainsford. It all ended up fine for him because he it didn't end up better. fine. <laughs> he went through a terrible ordeal, Jackie. He's not going to get to kill a jaguar. What if he never finds Whitney again? There's no internet. There's no cell phones. Yeah, Yeah, but he has the best bed ever. He saw a huge dude. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like you can can not die in your adventure or be maimed in any way and still not be the same person you were going into it. I would think that Rainsford didn't hunt anymore after this ordeal. I think he probably lost a taste for it because I think he could finally empathize. With the prey. Maybe. I think it would have been a better lesson if he had been killed. You know, because what happens is he uses all of his hunting knowledge to save himself. Yeah. And then he turns out that he comes out on top. So when he says there are only two kinds of people, the hunters and the hunted, he's right. Because he becomes the hunted and then No, later- wait, but he he didn't succeed because of his hunting knowledge. He succeeded because he jumped off a cliff and was able to quickly remove all his clothes. <laughs> no, he did succeed because of his hunting knowledge. Because he made all of the little Bengali man traps and the Malaysian mountain goat cages. And- no, but that, he would have been caught. Like, his hunting knowledge would not have prevented him from getting caught in the end. 
thing that did was that he jumped off a cliff. Really, I could have done it. I could have just jumped in the ocean and swam easy, around. Easy peasy. I don't even know how to make a Scandinavian noodle slicer. <laughs> yeah. well, I thought That's he was slowly bad. chipping away at them. Like, he injured him. He killed a dog. He killed Ivan. Like, eventually he was going to get him. I don't think injuring Zaroff or killing the dog was significant. I only think killing Ivan was helpful to Rainsford. Because every time Zaroff was just like, Ho, 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 ho. Nice try. I'll be back soon, buddy. <laughs> he left. That was the whole thing. Yeah, but he did have to leave. Yeah. The first night, he definitely didn't have to. Well, the first time he just got sleepy, he had to take a little siesta. He had taken out. Then he injured his shoulder. I do think that Rainsford probably stopped hunting after this. But I could also imagine take some investment banker who doesn't spend enough time with his family. Put him through this whole situation. <laughs> and he's probably going to change his behavior also. Yeah. So yeah. it's not just about suddenly realizing what it's like to be prey. Like, you would just be so traumatized, you wouldn't do anything after this. <laughs> well, see, Jackie, you would be traumatized. So even if you are physically unscathed, you're not mentally unscathed. So I think he still learns a lesson. I don't think that he stops hunting because he learned how, like, bad it was. I think he stops hunting because probably it just the enjoyment would have been ruined for him <laughs> after this point. I think if the, if the point is to convince people that hunting isn't good, write a better story that does the same thing <laughs> and put that in the canon and have high schoolers read it. I, I think the point is, is about, like, people becoming callous and thinking that they're so great that they're above the idea of human life being valuable and they're saying don't just trust a man because he's super hot and has great taste in <laughs> snatches of song to hum <laughs> he could still be evil yeah and also he's super rich it's like you don't trust a handsome rich man Mm-mm. yeah that's the takeaway they're probably all murderers just write another story that does the same thing i'm still firing this it's out i'm firing didn't you like it though i really thought you would really like this oh i liked it yeah story theo we've talked about this before just because i like it doesn't mean i think it needs to be in the canon jackie fired a shakespeare thing recently so which one? Uh, Sonnet 98. Uh-oh. Thea fired it as well. Sometimes you just got to fire stuff. <laughs> I understand. The reason I think it should be in the curriculum is because, and maybe just even in middle school curriculum, because kids, most of them don't like reading. They hate it. They really don't want to do it. Mm-hmm. So if you can even mm-hmm. come up with one that they're going to enjoy, that they're going to have fun reading, that could maybe get yeah. them into it. That yeah. should be included, I think. So okay. I remember my classmates, like, they, we all, like, I liked reading, but they all hated reading. Yeah. And this usually was maybe the only story they liked all year. Whoa. And so I feel like... Wow. It is good for the level of kids. Maybe maybe not for high schoolers. Middle schoolers. Yeah, so as a seventh grader, like, I think it, seventh graders could read it. I think, should read it. I think it's, it could be a story that they like because it's just hard to get them into it at all because they don't want to read anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember hating the end even in seventh grade. <laughs> what did you hate about the end in seventh grade? He wanted Rainsford to die. I don't know what, what it needs to be other than my whole thing about going back to New he York. He needs to swim back to New York City. <laughs> that's, that's what it <laughs> yeah. needs to be. Yeah. Other than that, I don't know. But whatever, what it is is not good. <laughs> Sorry. But one thing I just thought of is I am so willing to fire things out of the canon, but I'm not thinking about what it's like to 
be the thing being fired out of the cannon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I need to have an experience of being put into a cannon and shot out so I know <laughs> by a madman general. And not just put in a cannon, but you need to have a three-day ordeal. <laughs> we'll see now. You're learning. You're learning from the story. Yeah, good. Fia learned his lesson. So have you guys changed your minds? Do you think we should make middle schoolers read no. it? No. Theo sounds like he changed his mind. Don't you think? So do you think we should have middle schoolers no. read it or not? It sounded like you got convinced by Becca. I think everything Becca is saying is a good point, but I think there are somebody else could write a story tomorrow that's better than this one that solves all the same problems, checks all the same boxes. And and now that it's in the public domain, okay, yeah, I, if someone rewrites a new version of it and it's better, then I'd be fine replacing this with that. But this is but what I we've guess- got. This is what we have so far, you know? It could be funnier, and it could have better moral points, and it could be better written. So what we have is fine, but we could have something better. Do you ship Rainsford and Whitney, by the way? Oh, no, I ship Rainsford and Zara. Whoa. What about Ivan? What do you mean, Ivan? Uh, uh, Ivan oh, wait, no, who? Theo was the one. Theo was the one who wanted him and Zara to be together. No, I think... Um, Theo, do you ship Whitney and Rainsford? I ship Lazarus and a pool of sinking sand. Oh, no. (laughs) Well, they did get together inseparably. Oh, poor dogs. I really do feel bad for the dogs and all the humans that he killed. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I feel bad for them, too. But, Rachel, your point about Zaroff being lonely in his big house, that really hit home with me. I think that Zaroff needs... Love. It's not just because I'm alone in a big house. I think that (laughs) I also have a gargoyle door knocker. But what Zaroff needs is just a buddy. He just wanted a buddy to go hunting with, and then they could have come up with ways together to make it a little easier he wanted rainsford to join him i mean harder (laughs) i just think if i was in the mix at all i would have been able to come up with plenty of ways for him to put the spice back in his life that weren't yeah killing like they could played because he talks about he's all like well i only use a gun of the lowest caliber but it's like if i bet if any human gets shot with that gun they're gonna die so does it does it really matter if it's a twenty two versus a bigger gun? If you shoot me in the head or the chest... Where's your five-year-old gun that you had from your childhood? Use that. Yeah, like. <laughs> yeah use the one that you used to shoot sparrows with so that you have to yeah. shoot me a bunch of times and I'll still probably, you know. <laughs> he also said it had a low, a, a low range, so I think that's maybe mm-hmm. the important part. Well, if it was a long range, just imagine he's just going to be up in a crow's nest, like, sniping at everyone. <laughs> like, that's, yeah, you could probably reach not, the whole island then. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. I just think... Wait, what if his, his idea of making it harder is he's like, I'm going to start picking off people on ships. So he starts, like, swimming out to the ships, climbing up there, killing them, swimming back. That would be way harder, and I think more sporting of him. More sporting. And to have to swim after a ship and climb up the ship and kill everyone on the ship and then come back. I think he would fail. <laughs> and then the name of the island would be, what would it wouldn't be Ship Trap Island anymore. Crazy Naked Man Island. <laughs> and imagine the conversation he has with Rainsford where he's slowly trying to explain what he does <laughs> and how much longer that would take to also have to explain. I swim I out, a new I climb up the ship. <laughs> and at every single step, he's just like, but... But no, but you can't. What? <laughs> I mean, eventually you would be like, wait, and now I'm really confused. Well, why? <laughs> start, start over. <laughs> Becca, this was a good choice. There were a lot of a lot of little funny things in here. Yeah. Yeah, Becca, you're a great guest. Wow. Got a lot of hot takes. Thanks. I appreciate it. Yeah. But now the task for everyone, we have to have a contest and everyone has to write a better version 
of the story. All of our listeners? No, yeah, all the, all the listeners. Write a better version of the story Uh-oh. and see if we can put it in the I think we curriculum. may have just lost a lot of listeners. <laughs> no, I was talking Theo. Theo's the one who has all these ideas of improvements to do. You're right. Um, I just fired it but didn't make any suggestions. It's what we have. Yeah, unfortunately, yeah, I guess I'm being the most critical, but I'm also the least capable of writing a better version. Oh. So. <laughs> I wasn't trying to say that. But it's a fun story because I remember reading it and just being like, what? And then. And you never forgot that feeling of, what? Yeah. What? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Theo, you, you're ready to go, huh? Uh, maybe. It's almost three hours. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, God. You go a little longer. <laughs> Should we have our guest actually say bye to Nell? Maybe, but don't we have other things we have to say? Should we have Becca do the promotional stuff? Okay, everyone. So. If you have any hot takes you want to tell us about or you have any questions, you can email us at firethecanonpodcast at gmail.com. Nice. We are also on Twitter and Instagram at firethecanonpod. Nice. We have a discussion group and announcement page on Facebook. You can become a patron at patreon.com slash firethecanon. And we've got a new Goosebumps episode that's out, and it's really funny. If you just want to donate a couple dollars, we're at ko-fi.com slash fire the cannon. Phew, you got it. Yes. She's a pro. All right, I think we'd also like to thank our new patron this week. Thank you to Michael. Thanks, Michael. Thanks, Michael. Do you guys know who Michael is? I know who Michael is. Yeah, he's my best friend. Well, you've happened to see our Facebook conversations every once in a while when you log into my account. He also said that he liked all my gay shipping, so I appreciated that. Oh, yeah, he did say that. Are you mm-hmm. a Fujoshi, Jackie? Are you a rotten woman? She's both. You probably are. If you always ship gay men together, you might be. Well, she ships men who aren't gay. Or men that aren't gay to be yeah. gay together. I, I do have a nasty woman shirt. Is that the same thing? No. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> you should watch Yuri on Ice. All right. Well, thank you, Michael. Y'all want to know some things about Michael? Yeah. 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 He's one of my best friends at my doctoral program at Rice. Ooh. Wow. What does he do? And... He's very good at the piano. Oh, great. <laughs> Which is, uh, Becca, that's what I've said for the past three patrons, but it's also true for Michael, too. Once again, Theo's friends are really carrying us here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really. <laughs> Thanks to all of you. Michael said he became a patron because he w- wanted to hear the Moonstruck episode. Aww. So that was on me and Jackie, not Theo at all. Oh. <laughs> what? We couldn't have done that episode without me watching it. Or editing it. We are the ones who insisted on doing an episode. I don't think it. I insisted. I think that was all on <laughs> no, you. No, I insisted. Okay. Well, anyway. I insisted. <laughs> so the, the Moonstruck episode was actually really good. So, I, I, Michael, I hope uh, it's worth it because I think it is. Hmm. I usually say like a, l- a little inside joke or something about the, the person at the end. Mm-hmm. So here it is. You're acting like this thing that you chose to do every time is something we're forcing you to do. So here it is. What if a stranger becomes a patron, though, and you don't have an inside joke with them? We'll come up with what you do. That would be fine. Yeah, we'll make up a story for them. (laughs) Yeah, don't worry. Um, Yeah, here's the inside joke. It's just go on. It's pretty funny. (laughs) Ha! Yeah, you don't get it because it's an inside joke. So don't make that face, well, at Becca. Least he gets so don't make it. that face, Becca. Don't tell ever, all the listeners about my face. Show me that face again. <laughs> I can't remember what I was doing. What was her face, Theo? She has a face. 
It was a face that was like that. I can't. I, I don't know if I could do it. It was basically just saying that definitely isn't funny. <laughs> I don't think that was it. I won't put this in the episode, but the the context. Do you want to join that. us in the traditional farewell to Nell? It's okay if you want to abstain. Yeah, but what do we do? Oh, it's quite simple. Quite simple indeed. We say bye, Nell, or sometimes do we say thank you, Nell? It sounded like Theo was about to start doing a nursery rhyme, like if an if a Nell you wish to thank. <laughs> Here's a simple song. <laughs> like, <laughs> what are you going to rhyme with? Thank. It's, I mean, it doesn't have to. It could be the first in a quatrain. If, if there's a no you wish to think, here's a thing that you must do, and then you keep going. All right. All right. One, two, two. One. Three. No, I want to count it. Okay. One, two, three. Bye, Bye now. now. Bye now. Bye now. Who's Nell, though? Theo's mom. <gasps> Oh, I say didn't it, know. Becca. Wait, can we do it again now that yeah, I Yeah, now that she knows. Are you going to say oh, it better so now? Okay. Yeah, I feel like it'll be a different right. Let's go. Our biggest fan. One, two, three, four. Bye, Bye now. now. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah.